Amen. Well, if you got your Bible, you want to open up to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read, start off by reading a familiar passage of Scripture. It's Christmas, so we're going to look at the Christmas story. And so Luke chapter 1, we're going to read verses 26 through 35. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 35. So if you got it, if you don't mind standing with me in honor of God's Word as we read together, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 35. Here we go. Luke writes, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at the statement and kept pondering what kind of situation this was. The angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the wonder and the amazement that is found within your gospel. How we are a people that have no hope, but you sent us hope. And a hope lived on our behalf and then died on our behalf so that we could know you. And so we thank you that, uh, that Christmas is one of those times that we get to celebrate that hope each and every year, Father. And then we pray. Amen. You guys be seated if you don't mind. I got a question for you. Do you like roller coasters? Yes. Okay, some of you do. I know that's a really odd question to ask on a Christmas morning because um, it has nothing to do whatsoever with Jesus. I get that. Um, but it kind of does has a little bit to do with where we're going for the morning. But the one, one of the things that I like about roller coasters is, uh, is the start. Y'all know the, you get in, and uh, or, or, I'm just curious, who hates roller coasters? Just, just show hands. Okay, I'm just, I'm just wondering. Chickens. All right, no, I'm, I'm just playing with y'all. Uh, so uh, the, the, one of the best parts about like, riding a roller coaster is being able to get in. You know, you strap in. And if you've ever been to Six Flags uh, in Atlanta, uh, like that was, we grew up in Alabama. So sorry, don't, don't judge me for that. Uh, and so it was a really big deal to be able to come over here and go to Six Flags. And so we would take youth trips or family trips, and we would go, and we would check out the new rides. And it was always fun to ride some of the newer ones and the faster ones. Uh, well, my favorite at Atlanta is Goliath. Um, and my favorite thing to do is, like, hold my hands up the entire time. But the best part is, like, right up until you actually go down that first hill. Y'all know the sound, right? The chink, 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 chink. And, you know, just keep on going. And then all of a sudden the chinking stops, and then you get to the top, and then you look down, and it's like nothing but straight down. And you throw your hands up, and you're screaming and going crazy. That's fun. That's fun. Like, it gets me excited just thinking about how much fun that is. But the be one of the best parts about it is the buildup, the anticipation, the idea that it's going to happen soon, but you're not really sure when it's going to take place. You know, Christmas is, is one of those great times. The Christmas story is a reminder of what it means to have anticipation in your heart. You know, some of the things that we anticipate, you know, roller coasters, yeah, but there's like other things that we anticipate happening in our life, having kids. I remember that anticipation and what that was like for our second one. We didn't find out what we were going to have. And so there was that whole time waiting, 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 waiting. It's a girl, two girls, all right. <laughs> I'm broke. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things, like, you're just waiting for it to happen, and you're, you're, you're so excited, and you're just, it can't come quick enough. 
You know, the same being a kid and waiting for Santa to show up the next day. You, it just can't happen quick enough, could it? And then this morning we woke up and Santa came. What'd y'all get this morning for, uh, for Christmas, kids? What'd Santa bring you? A bike? Okay. Santa brought you what? Okay, she, my daughter was trying to tell me what Santa brought her. I couldn't understand a word she said. Um, but, uh, but it's that anticipation of waiting. I'm sorry. It's that anticipation of waiting. And, and Christmas is just a great reminder, a, a great season to be reminded of the great anticipation that is in Christ. You know, we, we wait on the roller coaster to go up the hill. We wait, we wait for Santa to come by. We wait to exchange the gifts. We wait to see the family. We, we wait for all of these things. But I think that a lot of us would be in agreement this morning that that, that anticipation doesn't compare to the anticipation of Mary, her anticipation. Think about that for a second. What we just read, we had the story of an angel appearing to Mary and telling her that she was going to have the Son of God, that He will be great, and He will be called the Son of the Most High. It says, The Lord God will give Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and His kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, Look, how can this be? I'm a young girl. I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, he said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called the Son of God. Can you imagine the next nine months? Like, I thought the nine months preceding our two babies was crazy. But can you imagine the nine months preceding the baby that is going to be called the Son of God? And, and how Mary must have felt about that, and how the... The, the anticipation that must have been built up in her heart because she was going to give birth to the one who would be the Messiah, the King. You can imagine because the, the, the things that would have flooded her mind would definitely been some of what she's heard growing up about this promised man. Thinking, like, that, that's me? You know, I can imagine she started having a lot of questions about it. How's the pregnancy going to happen? When will it take place? Where are we going to be? What am I going to do? How am I going to care for the Lord's son? I mean, that's, I don't, know if, if, I don't know if you think about that, but like, that's a weighty responsibility to have, right? Like, you're in charge of Jesus the kid. I mean, I don't know, you, you've, y'all probably heard the story. They went to the temple one day when Jesus was older and they forgot him and they left him. <laughs> Uh, come on now. Uh, I mean, like, what are they going to do? How are they going to react? How are they going to live? Who are they going to tell? You know, the anticipation that Mary must have had in her heart must have been overwhelming, especially on the way to, uh, on the way to Bethlehem, when the census was to take place. And they had to strap up and ride on a donkey and carry all of their stuff with them, and they had to make it to a little tiny town called Bethlehem for a census. And then when they got there, on top of that, there was no place to stay. Y'all know the story. Have y'all ever wondered, like, what kind of hotel manager can't find a room for someone who is pregnant? I don't know if you've ever thought about that. It's just a strange idea, but it's, it's interesting. They go up to the end. No one, they're sorry, we don't have any room. And so they have, to, they have to go to a cattle stall. All of this happening while Mary is pondering in her heart, the idea that the Son of God is living within me. What an amazing concept, an, ama- an amazing thing that must have been happening within her heart. To know that for years, what I've grown up hearing, what I've grown up thought was going to happen somewhere else, 
in, in, some other, in some other town to some other person in some other area besides me. Like, it's, it's me. And so at Christmas, we're reminded of the, of the anticipation, of her anticipation. But not only are we reminded of her anticipation, we're also reminded of their anticipation. The they that I speak of is the people of Israel. Deeply rooted in the history of Israel is this idea of waiting for the Messiah. See, it began with Abraham. You guys know Abraham, right? The guy that, Jesus, that God had promised, look, I'm going to make you a great nation. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, it says, Go, go forth from your country, from your relatives, and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses, I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Recorded for Israel in the Old Testament, every child grew up knowing those words. You talked about it. You heard about it. You were reminded of it each and every year that this was going to be something that was going to happen. The Lord was going to bless through the people of Abraham. And think about that promise. The fact that God told Abraham, Abraham, from you, there will come a man. There will, there will be a seed. There will be someone that through you, all the nations will be blessed. Think about who that had to be. Like, what, like in Abraham's mind, what he would have been thinking, what kind of person will this be? What countenance or character will they have? How will they walk about in this life? God, what kind of person would you bring from this family? How, however, however you're going to do it, how, when whatever day you choose to do, what kind of person will this be that he will bless everyone? That's an amazing thing to be able to anticipate through the life of Abraham, but not only through Abraham, but also it continues with David. I'm sure you remember David, the great king of the Old Testament. You know, in, in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, it says, When your days are complete, and when you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendants after you, who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. See, God's promise to David, it didn't erase Abraham's promise. It merely expanded it. God had a promise for Abraham and his family, but also God had a promise for David and his family that his family tree would come a Messiah king. Not just one that would bless the nations, but this same person would also be the one that would save his people. You know, one commentator noted that after the promises to Abraham and after the promises to David, that every pregnant woman in the people of Israel after this must have had this anticipation. Is it going to be me? Is it time now? Will it, will it happen to us? And so all of those promises built up for generations all culminate when we get to Mary. Mary is now thinking the thing that many generations of women must, might have, maybe, we don't know, but probably they were thinking all along, maybe it will be, maybe it will be us. And now this is Mary. And if you read in Luke chapter 2, you'll see at the end of Luke chapter 2 when we have the Christmas story that all of us, hopefully a lot of you maybe read last night, that at the end of Luke chapter 2 it says, Mary, what did she do? She pondered all of these things. And sometimes when I've read that, I, I didn't think about it in, until I thought about this, this idea of anticipation and waiting and pondering and that, you, you know, maybe... I used to kind of think, oh, Mary was pondering about all the things that happened that day and what, how beautiful baby Jesus was and how amazing it was. But no, 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 no. There was so much more to ponder 
than just, oh, this is a sweet baby I'm holding in my arms. This is the promised Messiah King that is with me, that I have. What great anticipation there must have been in the people. You know, even Paul spoke of, of this anticipation. Even Paul talked about how, how when Jesus was foretold through, the peop- through Abraham, how that was even in of itself preaching this good news. Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, he said, The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, And he preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. And then Paul goes on a little bit further to actually connect the dots to say that this person who was the promise is Jesus Christ the Lord. And so for in Jesus, all people would experience the blessing of Abraham. But as well in Jesus, all all people would have the opportunity to come to an eternal kingdom ruled over by Jesus Christ. And even Matthew, Matthew alluded to, alluded to it in the genealogy of Jesus. That Jesus was the promised one, that he was the fulfillment. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 17, it says, So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14. And then from David to the deportation of Babylon, 14. From the deportation of Babylon to the Messiah, Jesus, 14 generations. Even Matthew was connecting the dots, anticipating... The idea that there would be a coming king and a blessing to all people. And so we've got Mary and her anticipation that she would have had. We've got the people of Israel and the anticipation they would have had in their hearts. But then also another person that would have had anticipation after the fact would have been Jesus Christ. Or even during the fact or before the fact. But would have been Jesus. See, Jesus came to die to save sinners. And the only way to accomplish this was to lay down his life. Because the penalty for sin is death. But in his life, Jesus set his face like flint toward Jerusalem. What anticipation that was. There was an article recently talking about a a, a portrait uh, that's in a a museum in Britain. And the article was um, just kind of highlighting it. And the the, uh, portrait is a picture of Jesus in in a carpentry shop. And uh, it's, a, it's obviously after a long day in the carpentry shop, and uh, Jesus stands up and he stretches, and you see Jesus in the foreground, but in the background you can see the sun peering through, and on the back wall of the carpentry shop you see another shadow. And the sha- uh, this painting is called The Shadow of Death. It was in uh, the late 1900s when it was painted. And you can imagine the anticipation that Jesus must have, knowing that ultimately that one day the very thing that he probably used to use to work with to work on with his hands would be the one thing that he would hang on. But what a great gift that we have in Jesus to, that because of this, that we get to, like the psalmist says, walk through the valley of the shadow of death and be able to fear no evil because he is with us. And he anticipated it. He knew it was coming. That was his plan all along to lay down his life for you And for I. What great anticipation Jesus must have had. And I can't imagine the emotions that would have gone through. Maybe there was emotions of excitement knowing that he would save his people. But also also we saw in the garden that there was emotions of anticipation that were wrought with probably horror. Not horror because he was going to go to his death. But horror because he knew that 
on the cross, the cup of God's wrath would, on all sin would be poured out on him. And so Jesus even still went to the cross because of that. And then finally, not only do we get to talk about Mary's anticipation, their anticipation, or his anticipation, but at Christmas is a great time to talk about our anticipation. Because here's the cool part. All of the promises and the prophecies that were fulfilled, the ones that pointed to Christ, the coming king, the one that would bless all of the nations, all of those promises that God made, guess what? They got fulfilled. And the beautiful part about it is, is that there's more promises coming. The promise is that Jesus will return. You know, we, we, we see in the Gospels, and I'm sorry, not just the Gospels, the New Testament as well as the Old, we see that there are prophecies that there's going to be something that's going to happen maybe tomorrow, maybe two days from now, maybe years from now, we don't know. But it's the, promises of, the promise of the King's return. And so you can bank the fact that if God would fulfill all of his promises in the prophecy of a coming king and a Messiah, that he would not leave us out to dry on the promises to come back. And so with great anticipation, we celebrate this Christmas season. Yeah, the gifts are great. Being with family is great. The time that we get to, to gain 10 pounds and then lose it all again in a few weeks, that's great too. Kind of hurts a little bit. But the great part about Christmas is that it's a reminder that we are waiting on something much better than this. I don't know if you guys have ever, ever seen these before, but uh, they're, they're called poppers. You know, you know the poppers, right? You, you turn them up like that, and then you set them on the, you set them on the table. Uh-oh, I missed it up. And then after you set it on the table, what does it do? It, yeah, it's popper. It pops back up. Have y'all ever seen uh, the movie Elf as well? Y'all know in the movie Elf when... Uh, he uh, gets sent to the special area for testing toys, and he's testing the, um, what are they called? The um, jack-in-the-box, yeah. And you know, it scares him, and he, you know, there's like a hundred of them that he's tested, and then the next one comes, and it scares him again. I, that's, I think that's probably my favorite part in the whole movie. But the anticipation of knowing that it's coming is, a, is something that helps you look forward. And so knowing that there is a promise that Jesus will return gives us something to look forward to. And so this Christmas season, that's what we celebrate. We do celebrate the birth of a Savior, but we know that through celebrating the birth of a Savior, He knew that that would begin the process by which would ultimately lead Him to the cross, which would ultimately lead to His death, and then His resurrection, and then His ascension, in which He promised and He told Him, or not Him, but the angel said, Look, why are you looking up in heaven? Do you not know that the Jesus who left you will return one day in the same way? We have great promise in the anticipation of waiting for our Jesus to return. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we have this opportunity this morning to remember the great hope and expectation of knowing that one day, one day, you will make it all right again. And so we're very grateful that we would have that opportunity to know you. And so, Father, in this time that we get to respond, I pray that if there's any here that, God, that they don't know you as their personal Savior, that they would make that decision. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here this morning and <clears throat> maybe this isn't your church home, maybe you do come here regularly or, you know, you're just visiting with family, wanna, something that we want to do every Sunday is give people an opportunity to respond to the gospel. 
The Bible says that all of us have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages for our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And if you would confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is who he is and he was raised from the dead, then you too will be saved. So if you're here this morning and you've never had that opportunity, you've never taken it, that opportunity to do that, to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. We'll be down here at the front to pray with you if you'd like someone to talk to about that decision. But also during this time, we said during the prayer time earlier that uh, if you had an opportunity to write a letter to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to come forward to pray about it, thanking the Lord for everything that 2016 has been for you. And praying for 2017. Not worrying about 2017, because today has enough worries of its own. That turkey's going to get done, don't worry. But to, but to pray and ask God that he would set you on a path in 2017 to be used for his glory. So Father, right now as we uh, come to this time of a response, I pray that you would uh, broaden our hearts, God, uh, the anticipation of knowing, God, that you're going to come one day and that we want everybody to join in on that. All these things we ask in your name. Amen. You guys stand with us and sing. Over the skies of bed.